Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair, and beauty source, and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best, straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. Arganissima, New York. Welcome back to the iHealth channel, iHealth Radio with your host, Hurricane H, new day, new show, new topic, new guest. And, um, you know, uh, we've we've had a lot of different guests with different backgrounds, and uh, I didn't have a lot of MDs over the last two years and a lot of, you know, primary doctors or specialty medicine doctors. And today I have one, you know, with me who's... Uh, we does a lot of things <laughs> and she's going to introduce us to, <laughs> to a few items that, you know, in the, the world of medicine that, that some of the concepts are, are, are new. Some of the concepts are really real and we, we want to hear about them. Also some of her project that she's, uh, you know, working with and ultimately she's also an author and writer and she has a book, you know, cooking right now. So we'll talk about that. So with me, without any further ado, as I try to be always suspicious and, <laughs> and people are like, what is he talking about? What's going on? And also suspenseful. So, so today, you know, I'll, I'll limit the suspense. Spence. So with me is Dr. Cheryl uh, Bryant Bruce, and she is um, an MD. She is uh, she's an award winner. I mean, she's a writer, as I said, everything, all, all what you can think about been around and, uh, you know, has her own practice, different, you know, part of different organizations. So Cheryl, how are you today? Welcome to the show. I am doing well and so excited to, to be here. This is a, a wonderful show. I've been watching a lot of your episodes and uh, top notch, top notch. So I'm, I'm honored to be here with you. The honor is mine. And thank you. I mean, uh, I feel good about that. <laughs> coming, coming from someone <laughs> with your expertise and your, your weight. I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take all the credit. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. So, so doctor, let's first, you know, introduce you to, I mean, I, I never do justice to my guests, you know, unless, you know, it, it, you, you would do the best you know, presentation on, on your behalf in terms of be a bio and your expertise and, and, and experience. And your practice. So, so let's talk about your journey. You know, I mean, uh, where you started in terms of medicine, where you are today, and let's talk about the concepts that we want to share with the folks. Okay. Well, I am Dr. Cheryl, MD, also known as the Celebrity Doc. Uh, I, like I am listed on Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People in the World for bringing back the house call. I started my medical career a long time ago over 30 years ago. At the time when I started, I went to a traditional medical school. I went to Tufts in Boston, which was a traditional medical training and was in keeping with the disease management paradigm that we know our, our healthcare system for the most part to, to be. Tufts was a little bit more progressive at that time than a lot of other schools and that it did have a strong focus on, on family medicine and prevention. Even still, I was way ahead of my time because I had grown up out of country. So I had been exposed to a lot of different 
healthcare paradigms. And I knew that there were a lot of different ways of managing different things. So I started out straight out of the gate uh, with a very holistic and integrative approach. And when I say an integrative approach, what that means is that I used a multitude of modalities, uh, whether it was homeopathy or essential oils. And obviously this was before these things all came into vogue and became popular. My patients knew when they ran into each other in the grocery store, because at that time the entire population was much younger and so people had a lot of little babies. So they would run into each other in the grocery store and they knew that uh, they were Dr. Cheryl's patients because they would be in the uh, spice aisle, <laughs> in the baking aisle, examining the vanilla extract, trying to decide which one was the best one to use. And they would ask each other, well, you know, what do you think about this vanilla extract? Well, what are you, what are you going to make with it? Oh no, I'm using it for the gum pain for my teething babies. So they all knew that when they talked about the vanilla extract and the gum pain, oh, you must be one of Dr. Cheryl's patients. And my patients for the most part knew that if it was possible, I was going to use something natural, something holistic, something that they probably could find right there in their home, own homes, that I was very likely to change their diets as a, a way of managing their care, that I was guaranteed to get them moving as a way of managing many, many of, of their problems, whether it was in, in insomnia or poor digestion, any number of things, fitness uh, movement can actually uh, aid in, in improving uh, by getting the oxygen flowing, uh, the, the, the blood pumping and, and clearing toxins out of the body and such. So I came through the system with this kind of uh, mentality at a time when it wasn't a popular thing to do. And my colleagues kind of looked at me with a side eye. I was a little bit of a strange bird. And I mean, the, the, the words quack came up and, uh, you know, people were like, well, you, you can't possibly be a, a, a real doctor. Real doctors give, give a pill. And I gave pills when needed. You know, traditional medication has its place. And for, you know, there are lots of different kinds of modalities of healthcare out there now. And the, the more naturopathic are warring with the, the traditional, but there's a place for both. And everybody needs to know what their lane is so they're not overstepping and not outside of their expertise. Because there are times when I am going to stay as natural as possible in the management of my patients. But then there are times when I just have to say, hey, we've exhausted what we can do naturally. And now it's time that we have to turn to, to pharmaceuticals or now it's time that we have to turn to surgery because not everything can be healed naturally. Well, doctor, first of all, thank you for that, that, that brief but, but concise <laughs> and comprehensive <laughs> you know, overview. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, you, you really, in that little moment, you've covered a lot of grounds. And mm -hmm. I, I'd like to take a minute, you know, a minute in each one of those, you know, areas to just discuss. Now, first yes. thing first, I mean, to, you know, you, you said it, uh, you, you started 
talking 30 years ago, uh, the world of medicine was a little, you know, more a not traditional medicine. Basically, you go to the doctor, yeah. you know, your doctor prescribes, you know, stuff and you take the pills and you're good to go. Yes. So you decided to go in a whole different route, you know, in parallel to, to the traditional medicine. Now, when again, here, the, the word traditional medicine here can be a little funny because traditional right. medicine will be really the holistic version. Exactly. Old medicine, but, <laughs> exactly. but, but really standardized medicine, I would call it. Yes. You know, at least that's how the system, you know, uh, would probably refer to it. And so, so you were a standard MD, but, but you chose different. You chose mm-hmm. the alternative in addition to the, tra- to, to the standard. Yes. And, yes. and ultimately, I'm sure that was, like you said, the word quack and, and, and probably other, you know, <laughs> words were, yeah. were, were oh, thrown yeah. in the mix. And, and people <laughs> and, are looking at you. Because you have to remember, too, that I was still coming through at a time when female physicians were not the norm and African-American physicians were truly the outlier. So I had a whole lot of things going on in there. Well, I was going to ask those questions, as you know, but but I guess you you hit them. So there is there's that. I mean, there's the the, the female status, there's the African American status, and there is. I mean, we're talking thirty years ago, and, yes. and 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 again, you know, we're still struggling with some of that stuff today. But, yes, we are. Know, overall, yes, we are. But but certainly going back to the time, it, it was really in your face. I mean, there's there's different double standards in a lot of practice, right? Oh yeah. But first of all. Congrats, because you did well and you made it and you, you, you made it. <laughs> I survived. The, you made it to the hundred, you know, I mean, you know, world renowned, you know, folks on, on you know, magazine. So it's, that's, that's an achievement. I'm sure there's plenty of achievements and you can enumerate all of them, but, but that's, so that was the first challenge. Just, just being who you were at the time where you were to make yes. the difference. And yes. then you, then you just basically kind of just become more, <laughs> crazier for them by, by throwing in this whole, you know, left, you know, field, you know, ex- experiment on, on a, well, wait a minute, you know, you guys do this. I want to do this plus. Okay. Right. Now that's, that's a challenge. And, you know, obviously you did it, you know, right, and so right. you mentioned through that discussion, also the concept of prevention, preventative, yes. holistic, natural yes. medicine. And you just, you, you covered like something about vanilla extract. I mean, who would have known vanilla extract would be used for something like that. Right. Right. And And, people just kind of roll their eyes. But when you actually think about the science of it, it makes sense because vanilla extract is an ether. And what do we use ethers for? Anesthesia. Um, (laughs) Excellent. Well, listen, I mean, it makes sense when when you hear it, when you see it broken down. But but just just as ad hoc, you're not going to take you put one on one together. Right. So 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 we're again, I'm just kind of highlighting the points right now and then we'll dive through them. So then, then you talked about the concept of, you know, uh, home doctors, you know, and, 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 and we'll talk, we'll dive into that. So home doctors, again, talking about traditional, that used to be the norm. You didn't that go, was the norm. You know, you, norm. You're sick, you call a doctor, the doctor shows up with a briefcase and they do all the work. And unless there is something that's needed in a hospital, you get your treatment there. That was back in the days, how it all standardized. And believe right, it or not, right. in some parts of the world today, that's still the case. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it was like um, there came a point where we advanced, but we didn't necessarily advance in a a way that was necessarily best for the individual. I mean, we we came out of the house calls and we went into the institutions. Uh, Mothers left breastfeeding and and went to bottle feeding. So we 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 went away from what was was natural. Uh, we went away from what was high touch and we became very industrialized and technical. 
Well, so let's talk just about that point since we you're highlighting. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, some. I mean, people may know the answer, or may don't, they may not. But, yes. but in your experience, what was that? Why? What was the reason? I mean, it's certainly when you hear it, like breastfeeding, that's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that's that's better than than bottling formula, right? Yes. Uh, you yes. know, uh, being at home in the comfort zone and getting your services. I mean, even I mean, listen, we've experienced something unique in the pandemic in the last two mm-hmm. years, where people now are doing telemedicine, which is yes. basically home on Zoom. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know? exactly, exactly. But but so so. It turns out to be a good thing, but but at the time, you're right. It was a, a transition to like institution. So, and I know mm-hmm. like a lot of care models or healthcare models were based at a at a facility. Right. That's where your primary care is, specialty, everything. And and it got for yes. need any surgery, they just bounce you right up. You go to the emergency room, yes. you go up to the, the floor, right? Yes. Yes. And that, that, it, that's still that's still an effect. But but mm-hmm. uh, now we're we're visit revisiting. <laughs> The concepts that, that were there before. So we have a little bit yes. of, of, of a choice. And I'll, I'll give you some yes. experiences of mine in this particular world, as far as the, the home visiting doctor versus the, the physicians at our facilities. Right. Uh, through the insurance, you know, I, <laughs> you know, scope. But, but, but so, oh, yes. so, so why was there that transition? Was it industrial, industry, money, uh, pharmaceutical driven? What was the, the driver? Is it just pure? All, all, of, all, of all of the above, all of the above. I mean, you know, it was at a period when we were industrializing uh, rapidly, um, technical skills were, were rising, and this was, a, this was progress. It was the wave of the future, and everybody wanted to be on the cutting edge. So those things natural and um, home-based and, and kind of grassroots uh, became archaic in a sense. And so if you weren't having the baby in the hospital, then it was like, you might as well have been having it out in the field. You know, if you weren't using formula, then it was looked down upon. I mean, even I, I nursed all of my children and I wanted to have a home birth because when I grew up in the UK, the lady that lived down the road from me had a home birth with twins and I, I was very young at the time, but I thought it was the most beautiful thing that I had ever seen. And it just seemed so natural and organic. It made sense to me. It also made sense to breastfeed the babies. And I remember when I was very, very young, um, I, I, I read a lot and there was an, uh, an article in Mother Jugs and Speed that was there because I was that weird kid. <laughs> kind of stuff. And there was an article about mothers um, in Africa who were being given this formula, but they didn't have the hot water and the, the, the sanitation to safely give it to the baby. So the babies were getting dysentery and everything. And in my young mind, it made complete sense that it was smarter to feed the mothers and let the mothers feed the babies than to keep dropping this formula that was making these babies sick. So I wrote an editorial in and um, they weren't real happy with me about that. But you, you were a rebel doctor. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was. I, 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 I always have been. I, you know, I, my, my dad said I was born an old soul. And I remember sitting 
crying when I was five and six years old because those infomercials would come on and I would be crying over the starving children in Biafra. And then the next day I went out with my tin can to collect money for them so that I could feed them. Wow. So I was, I was that kid. I, you know, I, I carried the weight of the world on my shoulders and, and from as long as I can remember, wanted to make it a better place, wanted to heal the suffering that I saw in the world. And I, I'm pretty sure you've done a lot of it and we'll talk about more of that in, in, in short. So, so, but, you know, so you talked about an example, you know, breastfeeding, birth home. Yeah. I think, I think there's, there's, there's probably a good reason. Cause I mean, society has evolved into like this modern world where uh, feeding your children in the street, you know, you know, it's not really uh, cosmetically, aesthetically, you know, appealing. <laughs> so, so, you know, back in the days, it was, it was common to see that. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. ladies will turn and do what they have to do. And that was it. Mm-hmm. And man, look the other way. It was different. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, it's interesting though, because we are returning, uh, we are returning back to those things because we're looking at them and we're seeing that it is beneficial to the health that the babies who are breastfed do significantly better than the children who are, are bottle fed and um, home births have come back into vogue. doulas are a very big thing now and you know house calls are, are coming back in and I you know I I, I helped make that happen <laughs> well we, we, we will we'll get there but but again you, you're right you know you're talking about it has been a lot of studies you know have been out there to prove uh, you know, there's nothing better than than you know, breast milk compared to formula. Mm-hmm. That is that is a chemical, you know, piece, right? right? Uh, right. You know, also, you know, the two years, you know, of breastfeeding. You know, there's yes. a driver behind it. There's you know some some real you know uh, evidence that it's better and healthier. Yeah, I think the I children think are healthier. They have less allergies. You know, they they uh, have fewer colds. They have fewer ear infections. So they get a much better start. Well, they, they, they're basically, essentially, uh, you know, they got all the nutrients that they need that, that are around them that they will grow yes. up with. Uh, in the formula, there is some stuff, but not everything. And so therefore, right. that's limited. And, 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 and listen, I've seen that, you know, and, and we noticed that today, a lot of children have problems with their teeth, you know, where mm-hmm. eyesight, with other, to your point, allergies that yes. we didn't hear about a couple of years, yes. you know, a couple yes. of decades back. And, right. and that's, that's just, just very common. But right. then also, you talked about home birth, right? That, I think, one of the probably the the reasons why people were uh i guess seeing that that's not a any more civilized <laughs> is because of the the mortality rate the infant you know mm-hmm. infants you know dying or the, the even the mothers may have the sanitary you know levels mm-hmm. and things like that i mean that was something you would see in a third world country so right. obviously we're you know in the front you know uh, level of, of the countries in the western world and therefore we have to be more you know advanced and so hospitals come through also right. it's a that business was the thought. That well, there's the also a business opportunity, so yes. you make more money if someone is in the hospital, right? Yes. So, yes. so I never. There's nothing wrong with business and 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 capitalism making money, right? Uh, right. But 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 again, it has. But a- then, when you look at the toll that that takes on on females, um, under circumstances where a woman is close enough to a hospital. Um, that if she has a complication, she can get there quickly. Um, women do much better with parturition or, or, or childbirth when they do use a doula and they have a much lower rate of cesarean sections. This is supposed to be a country with one of the better health systems. And yet we have one of the highest rates of C-sections. We have one of the highest rates 
of hysterectomy. And that's because there are unnecessary procedures being done on women in particular. And uh, the precautions to help a woman take care of her body in an appropriate way, and even to spend the time necessary to prevent things like episiotomies, you know, uh, by massaging um, a, a, a woman, you can prevent episiotomies. And there were lots of complications from episiotomies. And some of them were, were very, very bad complications that a woman had to deal with for the rest of her life. So we have done a better job recently of looking at things and saying, well, you know, this is very con convenient and it's very aesthetic and all of that, but is it best for the woman? Is it best for the child? And starting to answer that. And I think that part of that is women coming into the medical arena and saying, hey, our bodies, our choices, and we don't wanna be brutalized in these ways. There, there are better ways. So I think that you know, a, a balance is coming into, into play. Again, just as I talked about the natural and the traditional having to work together and everybody knowing when to stay in their mm -hmm. lanes, seeing the same thing happening uh, where you're getting a, a, a balance where uh, natural births are, are encouraged and uh, C-sections aren't occurring as frequently and, and doulas are being used and working hand in hand with OBGYNs. So you're seeing balance. I think that, that healthcare really pretty broken in this country. And um, it, it, it was, in some ways it's bottoming out, in some ways it's still going that, that way. Um, but we're starting to get innovative in the way that we're thinking about things. And we're starting to look backwards at what worked in the past because some of what worked in the past is very useful for the times that we're, we're living in. And then we're taking the technical knowledge and creating better ways to do to things that have previously worked in the past. Well, true. Well, you know, if you look at, at, at just talking about birthing and things like that, I mean, like my first kid, you know, was born 25 years ago. My, my mm -hmm. second kid was born 16 years ago. And between the time, you know, everything has changed already. So for example, oh, yeah. the first one was delivered in literally a surgery room type. Yes, <laughs> it was, yes. it was really like, you felt like you're in the surgery, you know, <laughs> yes. uh, the second one was in a very comfortable living room style, you know, and all right. of a sudden it transformed into the surgery room. <laughs> so, so right. they, they took those concepts and applied them in a clinical yes. setting. Uh, yeah. But but again, ultimately there is there's a financial piece to that, you know. And oh, so of course there is. Yeah. Of course there but is. Listen, I mean, I, there's nothing. I mean, it's a medicine uh, is got a purpose, but it's also there's business behind it, and especially right. hospitals are not, you know, they don't just exist with no funding, right? So right, certainly there's. Exactly. A, I mean, I'm I'm an insurer in you know in my career, and I so I we deal about all, you know with that all the time, and we mm -hmm. understand. But there's also trends you know that were in place. So talking about yeah. C-sections and cesarean, I, I I can tell you a true 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 experience when my my wife was pregnant when the second kid. Uh, the first OB doctor uh, was 100% C-section. Mm -hmm. That's it. 
you you go to this doctor you get a season there's no there's no like you know, not even though it's your first kid doesn't matter your second kid you're still right. getting one right uh, we had a friend and she says no 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 i have a different doctor try this guy guess yes. what that doctor no c-section everything was normal yeah. so so yeah. but then then we realized that there was a, a tag a fee that that is paid that is higher rates and and so I, I, as an insurance insurance person right. we look at those things <laughs> right you know, exactly. cost is important to us because we pay right so so exactly. so just looking at it from my business world you know i'm like wait a minute you know not not even looking at it from the health you know piece <laughs> of it i mean the aesthetic the you know the yeah. it's not yeah. a it's not a cool cut you know and uh, you know yeah. despite you try to make it as good as clean and there's risk for surgery. Any surgery yeah. has risk, you know, blood exactly. clots, uh, anesthesia. Mm -hmm. So, so ultimately, there's nothing better than natural. Yes. So again, I mean, we're talking about integrative, you know, and, and all this longevity and all holistic. Mm -hmm. But I think it's all linked here. So, so mm -hmm. you're right. There's there's there is a little bit of of a return to the the, the stand with well, the traditional, the more traditional. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and I, I can give you an experience also. So there was I worked for a company that had the medical center models. And right. so if you wanted to get, you know, care, you had to go to these centers. That's yes. it. Uh, so, so we were the insurer and, you know, anyone that is a member with us will be only going to this. And there's some models today right. in California. Right. Yep. They Supermont, still exist. Exactly. They still exist. Yes. So that's a, that's a, that's a big one. Uh, but, but then, you know, eventually companies started like, you know, diversifying. Mm -hmm. So now you have two options. You can go to a, a, a medical, a one-stop shop clinic, which mm -hmm. which is common to a degree, and sometimes it's convenient because you it's can do all your stuff. For a lot of people. Exactly, mm -hmm. you come in, you do your specialist, your your lab, your old stuff, and you leave one one trip. Yeah, particularly and, if you're if you're low income and you don't yes. have easy access to transportation, you need to be able to do as much as possible in in one place. So it it does work conveniently for them, and it does in, ensure that they get more comprehensive healthcare than they otherwise might and, and and they do i mean you know uh, to be honest with you like i i like it to a degree because you know mm -hmm. you will go in you get your primary visit you know you go next you go to the the lab if you need to do something there uh mm -hmm. if you need a specialty you can make appointments you know and they're back to back um yeah, it's you, easy sometimes mm -hmm. they even pharmacy is there so you collect mm -hmm. your stuff and you leave and you're done one trip and yes. that's it so there was mm -hmm. that convenience. Seniors, you know, I'm in the senior, you know, market. So therefore, mm -hmm. that that comes in very handy in terms of solution. Mm -hmm. But then there are people that don't want to do that. They want to have their right. own doctor in the community that yes. they've been going to, and they like that. Yes. And that yes. was the second model. Then in more recent years, we're talking about home house call doctors. <laughs> so, right. So, so and that became also a a sexy trend, you know, in the insurance world for us. I say, yes. hey. You know, do you, like there's rain, there's snow, especially for the senior, you know, folks. I'm like, you, do you want to go to the clinic and wait on the cold and it's freezing, especially in New York? I mean, it's kind of right. Like, right. It's either too hot in the summer or cold in the winter. So right. like, what about if you can get a doctor home? Oh, my mm -hmm. God, you can do that. Yeah, we can get mm -hmm. you a doctor that can come and visit with you like all days. Oh, mm -hmm. and again, you're talking to senior, yes. you know, that's something yeah, that's and experienced. That's <laughs> really a big deal, too, because a lot of times, I mean, you know, I have seniors that would come into the office uh, when I had an office-based practice and they would come in carrying a sack of medications and you know doing the insurance thing you had a 15 minute time slot well it took them 15 minutes to get the medications out of the bag mm -hmm. because they certainly didn't know what those medications were well I'm taking the pink pill and the the yellow pill and uh, we still do that. We still have them. 
Yeah, it was a nightmare. <laughs> it just was a nightmare. Well, they carry all this stuff. I mean, and yes, some of these folks have ten. I mean, that's really a good thing because most of them do not remember what they're on or what it's for. So I would rather them come in with their shopping cart full of medications and being able to examine them. And on numerous occasions, I found that they would have two or three of the same type of medication. And, you know, they're taking them thinking that they're different medications because one's got the generic and one has the brand, the brand or like the ones who are in the veterans administration system. It's not uncommon for them to have several different doctors and they may not all be speaking to each other and they're, they're sending the medications out on uh, mail order. And I had one gentleman who was getting four of the same blood pressure medicine. And, you know, fortunately he looked at it and he was like, something's wrong with this picture. And mm. let me call, you know, my doctor, my, my concierge doctor and ask about this. And so I went over to the house and I looked at the medications and I thought, oh my gosh, if he had not been aware enough to say, wait, this doesn't feel right to me. Had he taken all four of those medications at the same time, all the same thing, he probably Overdose. wouldn't have been around because it would have dropped out his blood pressure. It would have dropped out his heart rate. So he probably would not have made it. Yeah, well, and, and again, uh, that's, that's the part where, listen, technology does help today. I mean, now yes. everybody is, is in, in a database and you can track yes. the history. It's a little easier. Yes. Uh, in, yes. And most of the hospital systems connect now. And, you know, obviously mm -hmm. with their HIPAA rules, there's limitations to who can in the access, but, but at least the information is available and it's, it helps, but you're right. I mean, yes. for example, with the seniors, you know, sometimes they also forget and the kids are not there. They don't know mm -hmm. which, you know, listen, I have, my mom is a, is a senior and I, I help her with her meds. And yeah. even I, I sometimes, you know, I know all of them as, and I go to the doctor's like, oh, I forget which yeah. one, what's, what, how many right. kilograms of this one? Like, and the doctor sometimes changed the medicine because of whatever right. reason, like she's diabetic. So they changed a little bit her shots mm -hmm. and we've moved mm -hmm. from like regular humulin to different, you know, uh, types of insulin uh, right. from pens to no pens and all that. And, and therefore sometimes like, I don't even know, she has like five of them in the system. Like that's not the one that's no yes. more, just this one yes. is the one that she's taking. So yes. it, it, it is, and for me, I'm, I'm involved in it. So I know formularies, I know a little bit about it. I'm not a pharmaceutical rep, mm -hmm. but I understand mm -hmm. these. Some people right. may not even know. And these names also right. are very close. <laughs> so it gets a right. little tricky. But right. so, let, so let, I want to just step back and go back to the, the concept. Okay. So, so I, ultimately, this is all, the whole discussion is, is amazing because we're, we're touching on all core things that, that apply to, to preventative medicine and right. the goods, the, the pros and the cons, and, you know, and also the, the flexibility that's out there and, yes. and, and how it can affect, you know, people's health one way or the other. And the good news is there are choices, I think. And that, that's that I know our healthcare system is not the best. And that is still a question mark. You know, I had the show before about like, what would be a best model for healthcare? And I don't think right. anybody has figured that formula now. Uh, who's paying for it and so on and exactly. so forth. I mean, the cost of it, all that yeah. stuff is, is big. There are, there are pros and cons to, to all of them. There are pros and cons to all of them. And there, and, and also, I mean, doesn't matter what formula you do. I mean, there's a cost to it and yes. you know, there's, there's, there's some, you have to pay for it to service one way or the other. Exactly. I mean, you, you, you're either paying it out of your pocket 
or, or you're somebody's paying it out of your other pocket because the even taxes. if the government is paying for it, I mean, everyone talks about socialized medicine and mm -hmm. uh, the Scandinavian countries having, you know, this beautiful medical system, which they do. They, uh, you know, they, they, they walk in with whatever they have, they pay nothing if you're looking at it that way, but they have 50% taxes. You know, uh -huh. Well, Canada uh, next door. <laughs> they're they're happy to pay it. They're happy to pay it because it is it is buying them what they need and what they they use. Well, know? peace of mind is the first one. I mean, right. you don't have to and worry people, about yeah. right. And people push back on taxes when they can't see what their tax money is buying them. But up in you know Canada and uh, Norway, you know all of these places, they can see what they're taxes are buying them so they're happy to to go ahead and pay them but somebody has to pay true and doctor i don't want to get into the politics of it but but i wanted to highlight this this item which is the fact is you know in the states at least there's three categories of people mm -hmm. <laughs> you know and mm -hmm. really it's based on on your your financials you're either wealthy enough and this will be the least of your concern. You can pick any doctor and we'll talk about concierge right. medicine at, at right. the highest rate. You're middle class and you're working for a company and your insurance rates are going year after year. And unfortunately, that's just how it goes because you have yes. to pay for these costs. Everything is more expensive. Or right. you have nothing and now the government pays and you're cool. <laughs> you don't have to worry about anything. Yes. But then your access is limited because you your don't access get, is limited. So, so mm -hmm. now you're in networks and, you know, luckily in the metropolitan areas, most of the doctors today participate in government programs. But if you go mm -hmm. to some other parts of the country, that's not the case. And, you know, right. even 20 years ago, I remember when I started in the 90s in the business, you know, a lot of doctors say, we don't take Medicare. We don't take Medicare. Yeah. And I you mean, know. even even now, even in some metropolitan don't, yeah. areas, a lot of them uh, don't. I mean, you have centers that do, but a lot of the private doctors don't because it's it's such a struggle to get paid yes. and the pay rate is low but i think that for a lot of a lot of us it isn't even the low rate of pay but just the struggle to get paid the paperwork that's in, mm -hmm. in, involved with it and and you know all of the monitoring that goes goes with it i didn't go to medical school to spend hours of my day pushing paper around so I think that that is a lot of where physicians are pushing back on, on uh, government paid medical uh, systems is just like way too much paperwork. Well, well, doctor, I can add to that. I mean, I, I've seen recently there's, a, there's a, a good percentage of doctors that actually are leaving their practices yes. and basically just participate in the hospital system where they don't have to have any overhead yeah. and deal with all that. Yeah. They just go yeah. do their stuff and walk out. That's it. Yeah. So yeah. it's, 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 it's almost, but then now the question is the people are not getting that access. That doctor that was out there in the private practice was able to give you more time. Now he's going to share their time with, you know, a lot of individuals, 10 minutes, 15 minutes yeah. visit, which is yes. not enough. Yes. So, and then the other piece of that, that's really important. And that was, that became uh, a major issue for me. Um, I was always putting on boxing gloves and boxing with insurance companies because, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but as a, physician, <laughs> as a physician, you know, I, I, I have the training and I have the patient sitting in front of me and the patient defines the medicine. You know, the, the trend, especially now is, is more and more towards 
cookbook medicine, it's evidence-based medicine. And, and you know, this is what the, the book says, how we treat the patient. Uh, when I was coming through at Tufts, I mean, they were very, very staunch about treat the patient, not the numbers. The numbers are important, but the patient defines. The patient will tell you what's wrong. Their body will tell you what's wrong. And I still to this day adhere to that because I can't tell you how many times I've seen at doctors who, I mean, my own doctors uh, didn't ever touch me. It was just, let me look at the labs and, and, and so on, so forth. And, you know, you could have a, 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 another head growing out of the side of your face <laughs> and they might not necessarily know it because they're busy, stuck to, um, stuck to this computer. So it, it, you know, it is very important to see the patient. But what happens is a primary care doctor who is outside of the system can focus on the patient in a certain way. We get caught up when we take the patient through the insurance system and I'm looking at the patient and I know the patient needs X, Y, or Z because 30 plus years of experience have told me that. Mm -hmm. And so rather than getting the X-ray before I get the MRI, um, and before I do the physical therapy, I'm looking at the patient and I'm like, nope, that one's going to need an MRI, you know? <laughs> and, so and you're concerned that, now because right. the insurance is may or may not cover their authorization and all that stuff. Right. And, you know, they're going to, they're, they're going to argue with me. I'm going to have to have a peer to peer. And generally mm -hmm. that peer to peer is a paid head. So he's going to say, well, no, you know, you don't need it. And my answer to that is always on behalf of my, my patient. Um, my answer to that is always the same. I am sitting here, I am looking at the patient and my name has got to go down on the bottom of that chart for my care. So if you're wanting to refuse this test that I'm asking for, that I'm looking at this patient and seeing that my patient needs, then I want you to put your name in the chart. As a matter of fact, I am going to write your name in the chart as having refused me this test. You'd be amazed how quickly they change their minds. Well, I, I don't want to sound defensive, but I'm not actually going to be defensive. But, but you know, being in, in the insurance world, I understand that. You know, and, mm -hmm. and but but I can. It depends. In the commercial mm -hmm. world, there is that. You know, it's a little bit more in the commercial space than yes. the government space. Yes, uh, because definitely. it's a little because it's a little, and I unfortunately or fortunately rather, I'm I'm more in the government you know group, and right. and therefore we we do have appeals. We have that, but. But they do, yes. they do care, you know, and they do eventually. I mean, sometimes they, they because there's, there's also other fraud ways and abuse that happens and, and there's different yes. things that oh, yeah. they're, they're mindful of those things and or yeah. unnecessary treatments that may may or may not be some doctors may perceive. And again, depends yes. on the situation, but you're right. Yes. I mean, uh, you know, I've, I've, we've advocated too. I mean, I'm on the sales right. side, so we're the ones who bring right. people that you're going to get all these benefits. Yes. And when they don't yeah. get it, they call us, you know, it's like, uh, these okay, yes. like hey, you told me this is covered. What has going on? Oh, well, yes. let me see what I can do. Now, we and have I tell to go the patient, I was like, you know what? You're the consumer. So if you're having a problem with your insurance company, oh, yeah, I, I shouldn't be the, the, the middleman boxing with your insurance company over what you deserve to have. Talk to your agent. And that's exactly what happens. So, and, and we wind up like really doing the, the legwork and why not? Mm -hmm. And sometimes we lose that battle because- 
we're not clinical so they you know yeah. they they we get overridden quickly like well you don't understand this is the procedure and obviously they're you know, and, but again like i yeah. said i think i yeah. you know because we are regulated at least in my space yeah. uh heavily by the the, the cms and all you know mm -hmm. the, the doh so we they, they have to to meet every single thing because if you miss that and they got ordered like well you could have done this and you didn't and that's a problem exactly exactly so, so it is it is that, 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 that becomes a big problem <laughs> it is it is well the, so so that takes us to the preventative which you mentioned yes. you know i think the the role of primary care hasn't been highlighted enough you know right in, at least not not in the, the last few years that i, I can remember right. you know no one is talking about you know what what is a real primary doctor and what do they do right. i right. mean that is a big deal and to me that is, is everything it, it is, is everything. a big deal if you if you can have a good preventative doctor that that that's gonna do preventative medicine and and and, and help you in advance of any illness and and seeing things and you know really understand your body and to your point how they were how you would work and how you can go through medicine avoid unnecessary stuff you will talking about longevity you will have a better longevity in terms of your health i mean not necessarily yes. life but but your health will be better for longer absolutely time. absolutely and i mean i i think that's a very important point that you you make um because people talk about longevity and they talk about anti-aging and i always try to make that point crystal clear i cannot promise you that I'm going to make you live longer. What I can promise you is that I will help you live healthier longer. And that's the difference because who wants to live to be 100 if you're broken down from the time you're 70 and you're bedridden by the time you're 80 and someone is cleaning up after you from there on out, you're not able to self-care. You have no independence and you may not be in a particularly nice situation, fully dependent on other people. Nobody wants to live like that. So is it better to live to be a, a hundred under those circumstances or to live to be 80? I had this wonderful patient. Um, I believe he was 84 when he passed away. Uh, the week before he passed away though, um, he had an appointment with me and I was, I was actually doing the aesthetic stuff on him because he was, like I said, I think he was 84 and his girlfriend was 60. And, um, and, and, and my daddy is uh, right at that age and his girlfriend is a little bit older than me. So, you know, they, they still have, they still have lives. And so this gentleman, you know, he had a young girlfriend, so he wanted the aesthetic work done That's so that he, he looked as youthful as he could and he didn't come in for his uh, aesthetic appointment. And so I called him up and I was like, you know, where are you? Is everything okay? And he was like, well, no, everything's not okay. I'm just kind of hanging around the house resting because I went rock climbing and fell down the mountain. Ooh. 84. And he, he's out rock climbing and falling down a mountain because he, they, 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 they called him the father of anti-aging. Um, and he actually wrote a lot of books on it and everything. And so he was 
very healthy okay. in his lifestyle. He ate very well. He drank lots of water. He was out climbing mountains and, you know, he got adequate sleep and, you know, he was sexually active and he just, he was out there living life. And so up until the time he died, that was the life he lived. That's the way I want to go out. I, I, I'm sure you you're you're at that age where you probably remember that little old motorcycle mama where's the beef you know <laughs> i want to be her <laughs> i want to be betty white you know <laughs> well, well well doctor i can tell you i think anyone watching and listening right now that's really uh -huh. what everybody would probably be looking for Yes. No one here. Everybody. This is this is the dream, right? I want to live yeah. until the last minute and, and and sleep and go away, right? But yes. but live a healthy life. And really, that's exactly. really. I mean, we are on the health, the eye health channel, eye health radio. Uh, it it is it is all about health and and really exactly. keeping that health for as long and and giving you tips and 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 tricks and how to do that and maintain it. Uh, so really, if you do. And if you do your due diligence, you can. And there's, again, we're talking about preventative now. We're going to talk mm -hmm. a little bit more about your right. method, your style, and ultimately- And realizing also, that, that, that really you are your greatest asset. You are your, your very greatest asset. And you have to invest in, in yourself. And you, you, know, you, you have to look at your life in terms of, of project management. If you are not managing your life, then you aren't going to get to the goal that you want. And that is to have a, a, a healthy, fulfilled life of balanced abundance. If you're not managing your life, you could stumble into it. But the very likelihood is that if you don't do what you need to do, once you get over that hill, it's going to go bad. It's mm -hmm. going to go badly for you. And, and, and we see that. I mean, you know, there are mm -hmm. a lot of folks and, and I actually see it all, all the time because, again, yeah. being that oh, yeah. in, in the senior market, I, I go yeah. to senior centers a lot, daycares mm -hmm. uh, and and you and I've also been to nursing homes and things. And I've seen both right. sides where people are totally like decimated and their bodies are given up. And then there's there's the same age group and they're so, you know, like vibrant with life and, and re-energetic yeah. and they're just like dancing, kicking it, making it happen. Yeah. And, you know, they're still mm -hmm. fresh. I mean, you name it. I mean, it's amazing. Like you can see the contrast, but it's all about lifestyle, mindset mm -hmm. and how you manage your health. And, mm -hmm. and again, Absolutely. preventative is key. And, and again, exactly. doctors can make a difference. I mean, I have awesome mm -hmm. doctor personally, my primary doctor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he does. He does my workout, you know, to see my DNA stuff 10 years from now. And he can tell you a yeah. little bit more about your stuff, what you need to do. And yeah. he, he gives you that that, you know, and I don't need to see a specialist. I, and that's the other thing. Most people sometimes I got a pain. Let me see a specialist. Exactly. You know, I mean, yes, you can see a specialist. By the way, there's nothing wrong with specialists. I mean, we want right. them. We need them. But but. First thing, your doctor is capable to identify whether it's really something that, and, and believe me, any you know primary doctor will tell you, <laughs> and, we need to see a specialist if we need yeah, to need it. Yeah. You know? And oftentimes, I mean, your primary care doctor is going to be better at diagnosing mm -hmm. than your specialist because, you know, your specialist has focused in on one little area. He only has a certain amount of tools in his wheelhouse. And he hasn't put much focus outside of that area. So if you come in and you're thinking, you know, I have chest pain, so it must be my heart, but it's really pain that's referring from your liver, 
your cardiologist probably isn't going to get there. He's going to know that it's not coming from your heart, but he's going to be sending you away. Whereas if you go in and you see your primary care doctor, your primary care doctor is going to do a, a full evaluation and you know, may do a physical, may do some labs, some, some imaging, or uh, may just listen to you, touch you. And we can glean a tremendous amount just from that. And your primary care doctor is going to say, you know, I think it's your liver. I think it's your pancreas. This is what we need to do. Now, you may still require a specialist, you know, uh, if you have gallstones, you're going to need to see surgeon. a surgeon, yeah. but your primary care doctor is going to get you there as opposed to having to go to the cardiologist and then the cardiologist is probably going to refer you back to your primary care doctor um, or you know, the cardiologist might refer you to the surgeon who's going to say, well, this is not surgical. So you need to go over here and you've ping ponged around and you know it may end up that it was your appendix and is ruptured by the time you get there you know <laughs> yeah now now it's now you're in the emergency room with yeah exactly yeah you're exactly. right and and there's one more item i wanted to to highlight doctor which is the the relationship with your doctor mm -hmm. i mean and you know you know crucial you, crucial. you want you want to have a, a long-term relationship with your primary because they will know your history they know your behavior Absolutely. and don't lie to your doctors because some people, I they, they keep secrets, you know, like I don't want yes. to, it's, they're going to yes. see it in the work anyway. Yes. <laughs> they, yes. they do the labs yes. like, wait a minute, your things just popped up. What did you have for the last week? You know, yes. it could be yes. there. But the idea is over time, you yes. know, your doctors are going to know your body. They're going to know things, you know, about you that, right. that clinically right. that they can right. help you better. But if you are, right. I, I want to digress on to that ahead, point please, that, yes. that you, you made about making sure that you're telling your doctors the truth. That is really, really really important at this point in time because more and more people are um, tending towards using natural um, natural things, um, whether they're essential oils or they're, they're taking herbal preparations and, and supplements. And they may not be comfortable with telling their doctor they're using them. Or for example, they may be using CBD um, or they oh, may stuff. be, yeah, or, yeah. And they may not be comfortable telling their doctor that they're doing these things, but it is critical because your doctor may prescribe something, for example, that thins your blood, not knowing that you smoke weed and that it's already thinned. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the, the doctor's going based on, you know, labs that he's seen, but he doesn't know that now he's giving you this blood thinner and you're going to go home and smoke weed and thin the blood even more than the blood thinner. Now yeah, you're having a major hemorrhage mm. and the doctor's trying to figure out why, like, I just started you on that medication. I didn't even give you that high of a dose. Why were you such a risk for this kind of hemorrhage? Well, you haven't told your doctor the truth or... <laughs> It, it, it's kind of one of those things we joke about in medical school, but it's not funny when it happens to, you know, you've got your, your day scheduled out, you're seeing your patients and the patient uh, has scheduled an appointment for their strep throat and you've given them a 10 or 15 minute visit because after all, it's just strep throat. 
And then on the way out the door, the patient has his hand on the doorknob and says, oh, by the way, doc, about my chest pain. Mm. That's a bad day. You know, it's a bad day. <laughs> so go back and, again too. and the doctors, I mean, the patient has been sitting on this chest pain now for two days, but never said anything about the chest pain when he came into the office. And as a matter of fact, the doctor didn't say about my chest pain. His wife poked him in the ribs and said, tell the doctor about your chest pain. I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I do that. I'm the, I'm the guy who's like, my wife was like, you talk too much and you always say more stuff. I'm like, I'd rather say everything. You know, you told me about it. Let's just say it. That's it. We're not going to lose anything. I, I do that same with my mom. Like my mom at home, like I get this, I get this, I get that. When I go there, she's like looking at him like cute. I'm like, mom, what's up? You told me this, you told me this. And I started like yes. listing all these things yes. because yes. if I leave it up to her, we go back home. She's like, Oh, what about this? Well, mommy, you didn't tell me then. I mean, that's a problem. Exactly. And now you have exactly. to book another appointment. Exactly. I mean, doctor has other patients. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's, it's important because that little symptom uh, that you just kind of push aside and don't tell us about, that could be the critical symptom that tells us that something really bad is going on that could rob you of your life when it was something that would have been something that we could have prevented or fixed had you told us the truth. Interesting. I, I, and, and really, I mean, I think that is a primary, a core value that we need to take from, from this discussion. Yes, uh, it, yes. You know, people, you know, this is our health. This is our literally wealth. And, yes. and, and at the end of the day, if we cheat ourselves, I mean, we're not cheating anybody else but ourselves and we're hurting exactly. ourselves. Exactly. I, I think I think it's important to to just be uh, as honest as you can. Ask the questions. Uh, there is no bad question when you're talking to your doctor, especially your primary no. doctor. What's the worst case? They give you an additional testing. Yeah, you know, it's fine. But then you just ease you, and also mentally you'll be better because when you know and you you've gone through all stuff and everything is good, even stress wise, you're like you know you don't have to worry like because now a lot of symptoms are similar and like oh my god, it took to right. someone a friend. Oh, that could be this. Oh, that could be this. And now like, oh my God. And I know this guy who died. And now you're like, oh my God, my life is ending. Yes. Don't stress yourself in a system. Do the stuff, right. follow the primary, you know, directives right. and do the right thing. And so, so now doctor, I want to just go right. Cause we're, we're actually having a good conversation. <laughs> I want to maximize the hour. So, so right. let's talk about the transition. We talk about preventative primary and importance, but now let's take that in the context of integrative and home you know, doctors, what's new, what's different today uh, and how you guys do it. Cause I know it's advanced, <laughs> but I'm not going to do the one sharing you will share with us. I think we've, you've taken this to the next level. So let's talk about that. Integrative medicine has really come a, a long way because um, we are doing more with, with gene therapies. Um, we're, we're, we're doing more with stem cells uh, integrative medicine has become very scientific. There are scientific societies that are actually exploring that. And uh, I was actually on um, Clubhouse in a room discussing, we were talking about COVID and the argument was about uh, people using herbs and, and, and things like that. And uh, someone was again saying that it was, it was quack medicine 
to, to use these things. And, you know, then there's the, the argument uh, about, you know, the, the actual medical establishment, killing people and, and, you know, all of that stuff. Again, it comes down to people, use your heads, balance, okay? You know, we can't be out on the extremes, but for all of those who are saying, oh, well, you know, the, this, this herbal stuff and the supplements, it's, it's, it's just quackery. No, it's not. If it were just quackery, the, the NIH wouldn't be studying it. The FDA wouldn't be looking at it to make sure that these products are, are, are safe. The FDA doesn't uh, give um, approval per se on it, but there are certifi certifying bodies that certify supplements and all. And if you are someone who is taking supplements, um, yeah, you know, okay, Costco has nice cheap ones. Walmart has nice cheap ones pay a little more and get the certified stuff because it's been vetted to know what's in it. Um, but no, these things aren't, aren't quackery. There's a place for them, but you should know how to use them. And people need to understand that not all physicians are well-versed in this. Most actually are not, um, particularly if they come from my generation because at the time when I came through, there wasn't a lot of nutrition that was taught in medical schools. There wasn't much going on in the realms of integrative kinds of stuff being taught. Now I'm happy to say that although not enough young people who are coming through medical school system now, they are getting nutrition. They are learning to to ask patients about their, their supplementation. They are learning what the safe supplements are to make those recommendations. So it, you know, it has come a, a very long way. Um, you know, again, we've, we've got interesting testing going on. We're able to, to measure telomere lengths. Um, uh, Telomere is a, a little piece of the, the chromosome. And it, by looking at the telomere, we can tell how long a person is likely to live. Not that we can give you, you know, the length of time that you've got. You know, I can't tell you, well, you have 25 years from today, but I can look at that telomere and say, look, Nothing. even though your age is 60, your telomeres are saying that you're already 80 or 90. You need to do something about this. So, uh, you know, we have a lot of tools. And one of the tools that we, we have is um, we now have uh, nutritional testing devices that can tell us what our antioxidant status is. And, you know, a few years back, people weren't even talking about antioxidants. Nobody even knew what an antioxidant was, but now most people have heard of antioxidants and, you know, they've heard of things like resveratrol and, uh, you know, they know that uh, it is necessary to eat fruits and vegetables and, and uh, that these things are protective um, against ourselves. And so um, immune cellular health has become the big buzz and the, the, the big thing. And if you have good cellular immunity, then it bodes well for longevity. So we've, I mean, we've come a, a tremendous distance. And one of the things that 
we've seen occur is that there's been a rise in, uh, in medical fields like functional medicine, that you know, functional medicine didn't exist a few years back. Um, integrative medicine, we now have the A4M and various different certifying bodies that make sure that people are well-educated in these non-quote traditional uh, types. And, you know, we have a lot of uh, people who are looking towards Eastern medicine, taking, doing acupuncture mm -hmm. and, and acupuncture's now been validated as not that it needed to be validated. I mean, they've known in China like forever that it was a very valid medical form, but here in the Western world, it's now been validated as a, a very viable form of, of care. Well, listen, I mean, you're right. You, you've covered a lot of grounds right now, just in terms of, of the, the level of, of uh, I guess, specialty within the primary world and integrative mm -hmm. and the level of, of tech and, and access and, and information that you have, you know, gone to at what level? I mean, you're talking about DNA level stuff. I mean, that, and, yeah. and that's why I was referring to when I talked about my doctor. Yes. He does the same thing. So he goes into like a real core and he can see, you know, if mm -hmm. you're prompt to something sooner or later and, and if you're doing good and, you know, all that. And that's that's important. Obviously, we, we have technology today that helps. Right. But but applying it and integrating yes. is the key. And I think I think there's there's all that now. And you're integrating along with holistic approaches and all the different, mm -hmm. you know, and all of those are like to, to your point earlier. You can have pills, but you can complement, not just have pills, 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 but there's things that you exactly. need pills for, there's things that you need, you know, natural stuff for, there's things that you might need the surgery for. But, exactly. but understanding these things, you, you give people uh, not only hope, but also a valid, you know, value that is like, hey, we can help you with the least amount of damage. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and, and that's really the, the most important part. I mean, you know, to to, to our friend who, you know, maybe he rests in peace and who lived to yes. the, the 85, you know, that's really where we want to, we want to continue living for as long as we can. Right. And I've seen older, I'm telling you, folks that have, uh, they're not, you know, maybe older in age, but they were not old in spirit or even physical right. because right. they looked younger. They were a lot, a lot more energetic than some younger folks. I, I, I right. that. I've seen them doing things that, you know, maybe I can't even do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's amazing. But it's, it's again, taking care of themselves, uh, yes. doing all the, the above that you've mentioned and right. using all the what's available to them. Right. And it's important for, for people to understand because, you know, people we're, we're, we're in a fast food society. You know, we want everything right now. We want instant gratification. And so it's like, Doc, you know, I'm sick. Can't you just give me a pill for it? I don't I don't want to do this lifestyle management stuff. Just give me a pill for it. But I'm, I'm here to tell you that medications are not necessarily innocuous. Um, I. I actually have leukemia and I am being treated for it, but I had an event back in December uh, where my body started destroying its own red blood cells. And so they put me on high dose prednisone and I was on high dose prednisone for months. Prednisone's a good drug. It probably saved my life, but one of the major side effects of prednisone is that it can knock out the vessels that feed the hips. And so um, right now on the 4th of November, I'm looking at a bilateral hip replacement because of the prednisone. So the medications, although they may be beneficial, are not innocuous. When I was in residency, 
I lost a patient, a hypertensive uh, patient who actually ended up, he was taking ibuprofen, took too much ibuprofen and it gave mm -hmm. him uh, a, a, an ulceration, uh, a GI bleed. And I mean, it all went downhill quickly and we lost him and the man was 45 years old. And otherwise, you know, he had some high blood pressure. He had some things going on that had put him into the hospital, but nothing that should have been fatal aside from the fact that he had abused this medication and ended up with the GI bleed. And then eventually he ended up herniating his, his brain and it just, it just kept going downhill and it happened quickly. So nothing is innocuous. Medications have their purpose. And particularly if you are given a medication, if your doctor tells you how to take the medication, the medication's making you feel better, more is not necessarily better. Don't because it makes you feel better. Well, let me take twice as much. Don't do that without consulting with your doctor and making sure that that's okay. Thank you, doctor, for the advice. And, and, and that is actually powerful because, because you're right. I mean, listen, we all see and watch, you know, uh, drug and pharma ads. And, you know, it's certainly the medication has a purpose and it will do it. That's why it's in the market. But that tell you about 10 or 15, you know, side effects that can take place. <laughs> and we take them because to your point, I need to fix the problem right now. And then hopefully I'll, I'll have no outcome. And, and if I did, I'll deal with the, 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 the adverse reaction later. But right. again, it saves lives, you know, but right. you're right. And anything that if you, if you, you don't have to prolong that, that the use of it either. So yeah. as soon as it's time, it's done. I mean, you're good, you're good right. and you move on. But, right. but again, doctors know that. I mean, ultimately, they, they should. And again, going back to the consumer, the patient, mm -hmm. you need to make sure you have open lines of communication with your doctors, ask the right questions, make sure you 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 don't do something without testing. I, I, and right. I give you, this is true from my, you know, I, I had the corona and mm -hmm. the doctor gave me two, two meds, gave me a steroid and an antibiotic. And he said, not take the antibiotic unless your oxygen level drops below a certain percentage. So right. I was monitoring throughout the period. If if one did the job, I don't need to take another one. Exactly. And ultimately, I didn't have to. So I I had right. I still have the bottle, <laughs> you know. Right. But but I I did you know exactly what he said. And you know I mm -hmm. called the doctor eventually later on to make sure I did the follow ups. And I asked him, did I do the right things? Like you did the right thing. You didn't need it. You don't have to have mm -hmm. it. And mm -hmm. I, and I'm personally one of those people that almost take medicine only if I have to. You know, I right. mean, I'll, I'll do everything, supplements and, you know, lifestyle, right. you know, stuff. Right. But if I have to, you know, I'll do it. But not right. necessarily, like right. as soon as it takes care of business, I'm out. Ibuprofen, right. if I take Tylenol, it'll be like one pill a day, not six, right. seven, you know, pills. Right. When it's necessary, it's necessary. And I mean, one of the other areas where we see people that kind of abuse that situation is people come in, I don't feel good. I want an antibiotic. Again, Antibiotics are there for a reason. If you have bacteria, not everything, not every cold is bacterial. As a matter of fact, the majority of them are viral. And for the majority of the things that we have, we don't need an antibiotic. And again, antibiotics can be detrimental. I, I lost a child at the age of 10. My little boy had liver disease. But what actually pushed him over the edge was an antibiotic that was used to control um, 
some of the enzymes from the, the liver um, and the antibiotic caused him to bleed. And from the time he took that antibiotic, it started a cascade that six months later he was, he was gone. So, you know, it's a common antibiotic and people always come into the office and say, well, amoxicillin. Well, no, actually it was, um, it was erythromycin and erythromycin. Oh, okay. And, um, you know, people come in and say, give me a Z-pack. I want a Z-pack, you know, because the Z-pack is only five days, you know, uh, two pills the first day, one pill the next day. So it's easy and everyone wants a Z-pack. It's like, that's really cool. They work really well, but they do have side effects. And if you don't need the Z-pack, you don't need the Z-Pack. So save the Z-Pack for when you do need it, you know? Um, and a Z-Pack doesn't treat everything. We have an arsenal of different antibiotics because antibiotics are specific for different things. So, you know, you come in and you're demanding a Z-Pack because that's what you like. That doesn't necessarily mean that's what I'm going to give you because I'm going to use my best judgment according to what you're presenting with. And it may be that you need amoxicillin instead of a Z-Pack and you don't like amoxicillin because it gives you a yeast infection. Well, guess what? We can take care of that yeast infection. As a matter of fact, by taking probiotics, you can prevent some of the side effects that the antibiotic would have. So you can use a natural way of preventing the side effect of the traditional medicine. So again, you know, things can work hand in hand for balance. Doctor, I mean, I, I, I'm really smiling right now as you describe and, and, and break it down. But you know, it's funny because unfortunately, um, I think social media has become an educator these days. And, and I think a lot of us and guilty as charged, I would say we, <laughs> we, I mean, some of us do more some research than others, I guess, but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we, we have, we're exposed to a lot of information yes. and, and yes. Uh, you know, there's opinion uh, information or misinformation, whatever you want to call it, across yes. the board, whether it's the the, the 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 pandemic, the vaccines or antibiotics, to your point, or like even supplements. There's so much stuff. I mean, I was I had I was looking at a TikTok earlier, and I was laughing because there's a doctor who's actually doing a duet with with someone uh, who's actually talking about I'm gonna help you make this best antibiotic and this honey and pepper, pepper and ginger and stuff. So it's a cocktail <laughs> of of spices. <laughs> You know, I mean, but, but so, so, I mean, but being presented as the antibiotic, natural antibiotic. And so yes. he is kind of like laughing on the duet, but so just looking at that, I mean, there's so much controversy in, in, in yes. the world of, of medicine today, not medicine itself, but because the public now is all an expert. Yes. You know, listen, with, with respect, I mean, you guys go through years of medicine school, you know, mm -hmm. and learn all the different things. And some of the doctors go beyond that. And, and there's always continued education for you guys and, you know, conferences and up-to-date things uh, that the majority of us would not know as listeners of viewers or just general mm -hmm. public. I mean, maybe some of us that are related to the healthcare, we get a little bit more yes. into yes. it, but it doesn't right. matter. At the end of the day, we're still not the experts. And to your point, right. I, I would not put one-on-one, -on -one. like, I don't know what some of the side effects would be with one thing. I mean, you mentioned ibuprofen. I get it. I mean, your liver mm -hmm. will be shut down, you know, and it, right. it's a big risk with it. But but some things, you know, you don't know. Like there's a general you hear on the news. You know what you know based on what people are saying. 
Exactly. But, and that's exactly. A and I mean, a lot of times the, the drug companies put the information out there before even the, the doctors um, and sometimes even the pharmacists have been uh, really brought up to, to speed on it because, you know, they want to get it out there to the public and then get them spending their, their money. Um, but, you know, you really do have to be careful with all of that. And, uh, you know, I have, I have a little cup that says, uh, you know, don't mistake in your uh, Google search for my medical diploma. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry that, you know, it's funny because again, I was reading an article that, that Google now has as certifications, uh, you know, where you can really get a degree, a degree or a diploma certification yes. through Google for certain categories of job, not medicine yet, but, yes, but, but, yes. You're, but I mean, listen, Google is a, a, a humongous or unlimited it's a great tool. encyclopedia you can get any information in there but understanding the information yes you, you get that's a partial a, that's a different thing that's a different thing because uh you know as they they say um sometimes uh a little bit of information can be a dangerous thing and a lot of people don't have the knowledge. And that's not saying that, you know, all oh, doctors are all so brilliant because I get that thrown at me all the time. Oh, well, you guys think you're all that. No, it isn't that we necessarily think we're all that. But, you know, we spent years and years gaining information to understand all of this and to be able to, to analyze the information. And one of the things that any good doctor knows, that any good doctor will tell you, we don't know everything. As a matter of fact, we don't know a lot. The body is complicated. And every day we're finding out new things. When I was in medical school, uh, they told me, you know, you have to stay on top of the continuing medical education because every five years, the entire paradigm is going to shift and what we thought we knew is going to be proven wrong. Well, I would say now that it isn't every five years, it's every year, it's every six months that we find out something that we took as a standard is absolutely opposite of we, what we thought it to be. You know, I mean, there was a point in time where everybody said, don't eat eggs. Eggs are bad for you. I Give know. you high cholesterol is terrible. Egg whites you know, only. Don't eat butter. You know, don't eat butter. And now it's like, yeah, leave the oleomargarine on the shelf and and you Get know, butter. The natural butter and and have an egg for breakfast is going to protect your your system. You know, so we, right. we we're we're learning. You know, it is practicing because we just don't know. And the reality of it is, we will never know it all because the body is just that complicated and because we're each like a snowflake individually unique and you know i can get a working knowledge of what the body generally should do but i don't know what yours is going to do because yours may do something completely off of the books your body did not read the book listen and you're right we are different uh, and there's different things that, that trigger the genetics. There's so many things that you might not mm -hmm. be privy to. Uh, and I, I might not even know what my inheritance has on, you know, and, exactly. and, and what I have in my DNA from my ancestors that, exactly. that could be good or bad, you know, and that's, yes. that's the part that, and if I don't know about it, I'm not certainly not sharing that with you because I don't even know what to share. <laughs> and, <laughs> so, 
so but but doctor i mean literally those are words spoken as a true expert and and and, and the true you know doctor who understands you know their world I, and as a joke, I mean, everybody wants to be a sales expert, you know, like I'm in mm -hmm. sales. Everybody thinks right. they know how to do this, you know, my game. And the same thing, like we learn, we have different things and there's some standard stuff, but not everybody can do it. They they think they can, but they don't yes. know exactly how to do it. And I'm not even comparing, we're not even compared to, to your expertise in terms right. of, of terms and long years of, of real studying and learning and practicing. Um so I mean, it's 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 really awesome to hear to hear you say that, and uh, and and on on behalf of you as being a doctor and and the medicine in general, because that gives mm -hmm. a different level. And you're right. I mean, doctors will not just claim, oh, you, this is guaranteed. There's there's no such thing guaranteed because mm -hmm. it can be yeah, the first, the first time guaranteed comes out of your doctor's mouth. You need to be finding another doctor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah. No, I, I I've have I've not had that experience yet. Yeah. <laughs> that anyone watching or listening, do not, <laughs> because there is no such thing as a guarantee. Because no, you know, look. I mean, the the vaccine today, you know, it it's working. It's not working. Some people have adverse reactions. Some have nothing. You know, right. and you can Absolutely. tell. You know, you can. We were told, you know, the, the, the virus affects the elderly. Now it affects everybody. Right. Right. And so you're discovering as you go. And, and, and mm -hmm. we're still literally only a year and a half in or almost two years now. But but we haven't learned, you know, scratch the surface on this thing yet. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. And I mean, you know, people are polarized on on on, you know, both sides of the of the, of the vaccine, of the medications of this and, and that people stop fighting. We don't know, you know, we just don't know. We're working on it. We're trying to work it out. We don't need to, to have the war of the roses or civil war over it because if you're, you're yapping on this side or you're yapping on this side, you're just bumping your gums because we don't know. We just don't know. I, I, would, I wouldn't even go there. It's a sour topic. It's, it's very sensitive, <laughs> but I think you said it best because there's two sides of it. And at the end of the day, there is both sides of truth and there's the real truth and, and we're still discovering mm -hmm. it. And there's a group of people, out. there's a group of people that in, that's in between. I mean, we understand mm -hmm. how things, but we know what science, it takes time. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's going to be enough elements that need to be in place for us to know more about it. And we will get right. there. So in yeah. the meantime, it's the frustration. I think that's all. It is frustrating. <laughs> it is very frustrating. But so, doctor, I know, I mean, listen, I, I can go on with you for, for a long time, but there are a couple items I wanted to cover on the show today. One is the sign behind you, <laughs> the Empowerment Project, and also your book. So let's talk about the Empowerment Project. What is it about? Okay, the Empowerment Project is a, a program that we had um, predominantly for women, but we do have programs for, for men, too, that empower them to again, as I said in the beginning, to see themselves as their greatest, greatest asset, to empower them to take control of their overall health. And we have a, a paradigm that I call the, the healthy windmill uh, lifestyle paradigm. And we look at the emotional, the mental, the physical, financial, family, uh, social, and spiritual. Uh, we look at all of those because every bit of it impacts on your health. There, there basically isn't anything in your environment that does not in some way impact on your health. So we um, empower people to look at that and encourage people to look at all of the different 
aspect. So, you know, we put one of the, those letters on each of the blades of a six-bladed windmill, and then the spiritual is the base of that windmill. And we encourage people to attend to the health of each of those different facets. And if we attend to that health, then we are likely to live a very healthy, fulfilled, and balanced life. I also encourage people to understand that there is no such thing as, as balance. At any given point in time, we're going to have to pay more attention to one area than to another area. The important thing is that you cycle back and take care of all of the different facets of, of your health. And this is one of the things that the Empowerment Project uh, does. It is a series of uh, webinars and courses and we also have a mastermind that helps people learn how to em embrace their, their wellness, how to invest in themselves. And if we invest in ourselves, uh, then we have a full well. And when we have a full well, then we're able to go out and give to the rest of the world. And you know, my, I, my um, ideal, my vision, is to empower purpose-driven leaders to embrace this healthy paradigm uh, because I, as one person, can only reach so many people. But if I am able to empower other leaders, they all have a tribe and they can reach. And by doing that, eventually, I can conceivably touch just about every person in the world. And I mean, you know, right now, Humanity's sick in a lot of different ways and it needs healing. And it's going to take, you know, it takes a village to, to raise a child. It's going to take a village to raise humanity. And I, I want to be a part of that. And that's part of what the empowerment project is, is there to do. And as far as the book goes, uh, the book is coming out uh, the end of October-ish, um, actually right before I go for my surgery. So we'll, we'll have the book release party and everything before I go in for my surgery. And the book is Game Changers. And it is a collection of, of stories of, of purpose-driven leaders who are out there trying to change the game and, and make the world a better place. And what it is, is their why stories. Why do we, why do, we do this? Why does it matter? And what are we trying to achieve? So I have a, a chapter in Game Changers and I'm very excited about being able to share that. Well, thank you. I mean, these are two powerful projects, I think. I mean, uh, just the names, I mean, are, are powerful themselves. I mean, you know, you, you can really just get a lot just from the, the titles and, and, and um, you know, that's great work. And you've been uh, ahead cutting edge, you know, in, in, in your career, and uh, you've helped a lot of people, you still are, in different ways, directly through the, the practices and the innovation, also through the uh, extra projects that you're involved with. And, and that is that is, a uh, you know, something unique and uh, commendable. And uh, thank you for every single thing you've been doing, doctor, it is, uh, it, it is a true honor to have you today on the show, I have to say. <laughs> and, okay. And I am putting into the chat box there, um, a phone number, okay. uh, not a phone, not a phone number, um, uh, an email. And uh, I did not get a chance to set up my funnel for the gift, but I do have a gift for any of your audience members who would like to receive it. And right. Thank you. Uh, if, they, if they just want to shoot an email 
uh, to that address and give me their their name and their email and tell me that they saw me on your show, I will send them out a gift. Well, doctor, I appreciate that. And I know they will. I, I will actually share the information on the description of the show. So it'll have your, uh, uh, I see it now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it will have all, all the information, your website, your contact, as well as the uh, information right now on the screen. So, so uh, I think that's great. You know, at least, uh, you know, there is something uh, that people can take with them and, and learn and, yeah. and they can reach out to you, right? I mean, for oh, services absolutely. as well, uh, absolutely. through the email or through the, the site. Uh, yes, basically, absolutely. Uh, and, and you service a particular area or you can do now telesale, I mean, yeah. uh, tele, telemedicine anywhere. <laughs> well, again, you know, I, uh, I've been ahead of the curve for a, a long time and I'm so happy to see everybody else catching well, up. Well, you, you have, you have a team, you know, and, and uh, yeah. you know, I have been uh, doing telemedicine for years and years. I started out doing it with the military actually. Oh, wow. And so this wasn't new when it arrived, but it was very welcome when it, it, uh, got here. And um, because again, because of the leukemia, I am somewhat immunocompromised and with COVID running rampant still, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm having to pull in, but telemedicine is, is all the rage right now. And so I still am um, available uh, on, on telemedicine platforms. So you know, if you reach out, uh, you have some healthcare needs. I, I am available to assist with those. Uh, I am a concierge physician, so I see patients worldwide. Well, doctor, thank you, and that's an excellent, you know, uh, piece of information that you know people can have access to. I mean, sometimes people do need that, you know, and and you'll take, you know, sometimes people need a second opinion. Sometimes they just need, you Absolutely. know, they may not be sure. They can reach out to someone. They know that they can reach out to you and get, you Absolutely. know, the, the real stuff. So thank you for that. Uh, that being said, I think we've, we've really, really, <laughs> this is one of the, the longest shows we've I've had actually. <laughs> so, wow. so and, and, and to be honest with you, I, I, I still want to do more, but you know, we can do a second comeback. <laughs> Um, so, so just for now, I mean, cause sometimes people like it's a long show. They can't listen to it all. Uh, okay. I, gotta, I try to keep it, you know, uh, but, but it just, you know, there's so much that we covered today. Um, so that's important. And, uh, we got it out of the way and we got it in the system and we got to get out there in the air. So, um, so, so doctor, thank you for the opportunity and it's a privilege and honor to have you and, and definitely uh, look forward to maybe a comeback, you know, after you heal and everything's good. And yes. you're speedy recovery <laughs> yeah, and, things are going to get a little dicey over the next few weeks. I, I know. I know. I know you have a very positive spirit. You keep in, you know, the, the energy high and, but, but, you know, surgery is surgery and you, it's going to take some time to, to come back and, and be, you know, hundred percent. Right. So, so we right. wish you good luck, you know, from here and, 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 you know, the best in the surgery and, and good results and good outcome. And uh, so thank you folks. Thank you for being with us today. Uh, you know, it's been fun. Uh, you know, uh, Dr. Cheryl, it, she's, she's, she's just delivered here a lot of good stuff. Thank you. Uh, so we'll be seeing you tomorrow, different show, different guests, different topic. For me, Hurricane H, time for now. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs>